Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Just Janice. I am so excited that you are tuning in and just so thankful for you, my listeners. So I just really felt like the Lord has put several things on my heart to share tonight. So we'll see what happens. It's been an amazing day. Today was virtual learning day. So that just means that I don't have kids in the classroom. I am doing a long-term substitute teaching position for first grade. And on Wednesdays, our kids are not in school. So it's just so that they can do deep cleaning and we can focus on our virtual kids and get things caught up. So It's a busy day nonetheless, even without kids there, so it was a very productive day for me, so I love that. And um, then this evening I went to my church prayer night, which was great, and then came home and have just been reading a new book, which I want to read part of to you guys tonight and just listening to my friend Katrina's podcast, which has sparked some things in my heart to share with you guys tonight. Um, Her podcast is called Restored, Renewed, Rebooted, so check it out if you are a lover of podcasts, which I'm assuming you are since you're listening, but um, love her podcast and, and her heart for the Lord. She's just a really, really good friend who I trust in endorsing. And then I just had some worship music on tonight and just really seeking the Lord and just spending time with him because he is truly my best friend. And he's been revealing so much to me in this season of my life about what it means to be a friend of God and what a privilege that is that I'm not just a servant or, you know, whatever, that I can truly have relationship with him, that I can have conversation with him, that I can truly know him. And so I love that about relationship with God. And so that is what I'm going to get on here and talk about tonight. Katrina's episode of her podcast that she released today was all about obedience. And as I've been reading this book called New Era by Alana Vosser, I've been thinking just about the importance of obedience, and it really sparked Psalms 119.60 in my spirit tonight, which says, I will make haste, and I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. That's New King James. And then the NIV is, I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands, to keep your commands. And so I've just been thinking about that lately, um, just because God has been putting so many things on my heart personally to do and just trusting in his timing for all things, but also realizing that delayed obedience is disobedience. And that has been a word for me personally, because God has called me to do different things. And I think a lot of times when we feel like God's given us a vision or showed us of something that we always put it off, like in the far distance. And we're like, okay, God, like when your time, when your time for that comes, like I'm going to do it or whatever. And then it just never happens or whatever. We lose focus on it. And lately I've just been feeling just this urgency. And I think, and I know, not I think, I know that I'm not the only one that feels this urgency in this spirit that time is short and we don't have time to wait around and delay what God is calling us to do. And of course, I preface all of that with saying we have to know his timing and hear his voice in that because there are things that aren't aren't going to happen right away. And I could testify to that 
in a million ways and different things he's called me to do in my life that aren't for right now. But for me in this recent season, like he's been calling me to do things and do them now. And so a few weeks ago, he had put on my heart to start up Word Wednesday on my Facebook page. And so that's just getting on in the morning before I go to work and getting in the Word. Super simple, super easy, taking advantage of the free platform that I have called Facebook and using it to share the gospel because guess what? We have freedom to do that currently. So why not take advantage of it? And it's an easy way to just encourage the hearts of people and to spread his word. And so he put that on my heart. It was something that I had done a while ago and it kind of fizzled out because I was doing it in the evenings. And then my church started having prayer meetings on Wednesday evenings and I was going to those. And so um, I would get home at random times. And so it just kind of got lost in the shuffle of my life. And I really felt like he had given me instruction to start doing it in the morning before I go to work. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing that, whatever. And this was like on a Saturday and he's like this week, started this week. And I was like, okay, we are not delaying. I am hastening and not delaying to obey you, Lord. And so I started that week, which today would have been the second time. It's only been a few weeks ago um, that he put that on my heart to start up again. And it was just really cool because the first week my mom reached out to me, shout out mom, because I'm sure she's going to listen and just encouraged me about how much whatever I shared in that Facebook Live ministered to her. And so that was, of course, a blessing to me to be able to encourage my mom because obviously I love her to the end of the world. And so that was just, it was just so encouraging. And we never realize when we are disobedient, it's, it's not even about us at all. And man, we've got to just get ourselves out of the picture because there are people that need what we carry. There are people that need the gifts that you have. Like God has given us gifts for other people. It's not even about us or making our name known or, or whatever, like all of that flesh, carnal stuff, like out the window. It's about impacting people with the gift that God is giving you and seeing them encouraged and inspired in the Lord. And so I'm so thankful for that. And then today's Facebook Live, I just got to jump on. And today we read out of Philippians, which was incredible because the word of God is incredible. And I love it. And then also something the Lord has been speaking to me about lately. And I was sharing this with my spiritual mom, Cindy. This is just Janice being totally vulnerable here and sharing what God has been doing in my heart. And my hope and prayer is that I am not the only one who God is working on and that he is doing things in your heart as well, because we are constantly being conformed to the pattern of Jesus Christ. The word says that we're being sanctified and it's a process. Like we don't just get born again and then, you know, we're good to go or whatever. Yes. As far as salvation goes, we are good for eternity, but there is a process of just becoming more and more like him. And he does that. He He sharpens us. He makes us more like him. He builds our character. He gets rid of the stuff that's not of him, not pleasing to him, and then puts his fruit inside of us. There's so much that could be said about all of that. But yeah, so a few weeks ago, the Lord was really ministering to my heart during some worship time and showing me that I was quenching his spirit. And I was telling my spiritual mom, Cindy, about that. And she was like, you really you were quenching his spirit. Like I have a hard time believing that. And I'm like, no, I have been because I have had words on my heart during church services that I've not given. And 
I think people look at me and they're like, wow, you're like super bold and you, you know, you just do what God calls you to do without, without delay. Like you are just obedient and all of that. And in in a lot of ways that is true. And the only boldness I have (laughs) is the boldness of the Holy Spirit living inside of me, because I think outside of that, I'm not necessarily a super bold person, but I can't, I am in him. And so that is my heart to always be obedient to him. But he was really showing me like to stop quenching his spirit during services. And so this past Sunday uh, was the first time I had been in a church service since he had been speaking that to my heart. And my friend Kelly had gotten up and given a powerful word at the beginning of worship, praise and worship time. And I was just encouraging her um, to speak and declare the word that God had given her. And it was a powerful word like that girl (laughs) has preaching fire inside of her. And I know God has called her uh, to speak and just declare his goodness and his truth. And I'm excited to see the journey God has for her. But honestly, I kind of was like, okay, like the Lord used her today and I'm good to go. And then like halfway through worship, he just drops this word in my heart. And I know like we all function in different ways and we hear from God in different ways and whatever. But like, I know when God is putting a word on my heart and it just is like, it's, it's loud in my spirit. And, um, yeah. And I was like, okay, God, like I made a promise that I don't want to quench your spirit anymore. So I am going to do this no matter how awkward it feels to seemingly disrupt worship time or whatever, because that is truly the heart of the leadership at my church and the heart of my church as a whole is for God to move. And he moves through all of us. It's not just the pastor. And that's one thing that I absolutely love about my pastor is that he's constantly telling us, like, I am not the only one here who hears from God. I'm not the only one here that's equipped for ministry. And his heart has always been that way. I mean, I've been under his leadership for um, over 15 years and he has constantly done what Ephesians 4 tells us to do, which is Um, talks about in Ephesians 4 how God has appointed apostles, prophets, teachers, preachers, and evangelists for the equipping of the saints for the working of the ministry. And so my pastor is a pastor and his role is to equip believers for the work of the ministry. Ministry is not just my pastor's job. It is not just your pastor's job. Ministry is all of our jobs as believers. And so that is one thing that I am so thankful for concerning my pastor that he has always had I feel like just a right heart in that matter and letting us know like, hey, your prayers are just as powerful as mine. You are just anointed as I am. And it's just so good about empowering God's people to do the work of the ministry because the reality is he is not there with us Monday through Saturday. We are put in our workplaces, our oftentimes secular work environments. For those of you who work in Christian environments, sometimes you need an extra dose of anointing because the enemy is hardcore attacking in Christian ministries and work settings. Of course, he wants to cause division and destroy those places and those atmospheres. But I just, I, I love that, that my pastor has been so good about reminding us that we have the Holy Spirit within us and that he wants to use us, that we are called to be ambassadors for Christ wherever God has us. And maybe that's in your home. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you're like, okay, well, I'm not really called to ministry. I'm just called to raise my kids right now. That is the most beautiful ministry. And I want to encourage you to recognize that because God has called you to equip 
future world changers. And I like to tell my first grade kids because I was watching a video one time with them and and just love to play like um, Kid President has some really good videos and just some other ones to encourage them as leaders. And I was watching, they were watching one, one time that was like, you're a future leader or whatever. And after the video was over, I'm like, you guys aren't just future leaders, you're leaders right now. You can, you know, make a difference in our school right now and on your bus and in your home and just equipping them to know that, that their role as world leaders starts now. It doesn't have to be sometime off in the distance. And so I just want to encourage your hearts with that to know that wherever God has placed you, he has anointed you and he has equipped you to make a difference. And I love what my youth pastor's wife, Jessica, when I was in youth, my youth pastor's wife, Jessica, what she had encouraged me with uh, this word I'm going to share with you. And it has truly made all the difference in the world to me. Um, for those of you that don't know me that well, I've only ever had secular jobs. I've worked at a bank and a hospital. I worked at a factory in the accounting department, and now I'm working at a school. And what she spoke to me as a teenager has has just stuck with me since. And she talked about how when we are going into environments, we are called to be thermostats, not thermometers, because thermostats set the environment, but thermometers adjust to the environment. And that has been like my mission wherever I go and wherever I'm at, whether I'm at work or just around family or friends or at a grocery store, whatever, wherever my feet are, wherever my feet land in that moment that that God has called me to bring the kingdom. We know the kingdom of God lives inside of us and the kingdom, like I say in my intro, is righteousness, peace, and joy. And so wherever I'm going, I'm called to carry the spirit of God with me. It doesn't, we don't have like a switch shut it off, turn it on, shut it off, turn it on. Like spirit of God is living inside of us and he is so real. And that fire inside of us has to stay burning and consuming us. And so that we can go in places and affect change. And the reality is there are going to be people and situations that, that want nothing to do with what you have as a believer. And that is okay. It is okay to be rejected. It is okay. Um, if people don't like what you carry, I'm actually going to turn right now to Matthew wasn't really planning on reading this, but anytime I jump on here before I do, I'm always asking the Lord to lead me because I don't ever want it to be about what I have to say uh, because what I have to say is pretty lame. (laughs) I just want to be led of the Lord in all things, but especially with this podcast. And I told the Lord from the beginning of creating this podcast, like if I don't have a word from you to share, then I am not recording. And I'd never want to record just for the sake of recording. I only want to share when I feel like he has given me something to share. So in Matthew 5, it is it starts out with the Beatitudes, and I encourage you to look them up. But I specifically want to look at uh, verse 10 where it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I think a lot of times we're like, oh, we kind of like, that's a heavy word, persecuted. Because when you think of persecution, I think of videos that I've seen of people in other parts of the world that are literally scourged and tormented and beaten and just go through horrifying, I can't even wrap my mind around levels of persecution. And, you know, we live in first world, well, I shouldn't say that. There may be people listening that aren't from America, but where I'm from, we, our battle isn't, isn't 
persecution in that way. Our battle is the battle of comfort and complacency and laziness and lukewarm Christianity. Like that is what we are faced against here. Um, sadly, we we don't have that push to a lot of times to push us like to make that ultimate decision of are you going to live for God or not? Because if you show up to church, you could be killed. Like we're like, "Mm, I'll show up to church if it's convenient and if it fits into my schedule and the pastor better be done at a certain time. Like we are such brats (laughs) a lot of times as modern first world Christians and actually grieves my heart very much that that is is the truth. But I think the persecution, if we want to use that word (laughs) that we would face is persecution of people's opinions. And actually, that reminds me of a story that I'm going to share with you. So Robbie Dawkins is one of my favorite. Um, he's an evangelist. You guys may know who he is, but I, he's one of my favorites. And I've had the blessing of hearing him speak live a few times. And then I bought some of his training DVDs just because he is very evangelical. And that is my heart just to reach people. And uh, he does a lot of teaching on how to pray for people and how to pray for healing and all, and all sorts of things. So I admire I admire his platform. I admire what he is doing for the kingdom. And so he had shared at the first time I ever saw him speak, I didn't know who he was. He was just at a conference that I attended. And he was sharing about, uh, this just grips my heart. He was sharing about how he was ministering in the Middle East. And he had gone there uh, to Iraq or Afghanistan, I can't remember, during Ramadan, which is like, if you know anything about the Muslim religion, like that is... That is like their holiest time of the year. And um, it was very dangerous for him to go there. One is a white American, but two is a Christian. And he just really felt like God told him to go. So he did. And against, you know, other people's opinions and even against the advice of our government, like he went and had a such incredible just healings. And uh, at one point, there's so many things that happened that he shared that are just incredible that are literally swarming my mind right now. But what I want to land on here is that he saw a prince of ISIS born again. And so this guy gets born again. He receives Jesus. He gets filled with the spirit and he starts ministering with Robbie and the team. And so they're driving through or driving through a city and their vehicle. And he's just like, wow. I just, he was like, I just want to share Jesus with everyone. This must be what America's like. And Robbie's like, "Mm, no, not really. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, aren't people, aren't Christians in America just sharing Jesus all the time? You guys have the freedom to do that in my country. We can't do that. And Robbie was like, no, not really. And he was like, why are you afraid of persecution? No, not really. He's like, what is it, Robbie? Like, why are believers in America not sharing Jesus all the time? And he's like, it's because they're afraid of being made fun of. And when he said that, like, oh my gosh, like the conviction (laughs) just fell over me because so many times I have been silent and I have not spoken up because I care too much what people think. And we know the word says that the fear of man is a snare and Fear of man doesn't always mean that you fear for your life like he was in his country as a new believer. He knew the cost that it would bring. And fear of man looks like being afraid of being made fun of, being afraid of being labeled a Jesus freak, like caring what people think. And I remember the last part of what he said to Robbie that just so settled in my heart. He said, please go back to America and beg the American church 
to share the gospel because I would give my life for this. And how many of us are at that place? Like, honestly, I would say a majority of us aren't. I've heard so many people like ask that question, like, God, would I lay down my life? And I've heard of um, one of my friends was in a Bible study one time several years ago and was sharing with me that they had had that whole topic. Like, would you be willing to die for your faith? And that someone said, you know, I would probably just deny Christ and then repent later. And it was just like, what? Like, are, do you really, are you really living for him if you're not willing to die for him? And so I don't know. I think as believers, knowing that martyrdom is a very real thing in the earth, it probably has crossed our minds, although we're not faced with that reality. Uh, most of most of us probably will never face that reality of, you know, having a gun held to your head and being asked, you know, would you deny Christ and and being really faced with that decision. You know, may, it may or may not have crossed your mind before, but I've just been thinking about that whole idea of martyrdom and just a very real reality that. I probably will never face that, but the reality that I will face every single day is whether I'll choose to live for him. So whether I would ever die for him, I could only know in that moment. And my prayer is that I would say, yes, pull the trigger. Like I heard someone say recently that uh, someone had a gun held to Kenneth Copeland's head. And and I'm la- I laugh. That sounds so horrible. I'm laughing because of what he said. They told him to deny Christ and his response was pull the trigger. And that is what I want my response to be if it came down to it. This life is nothing. This life is nothing. One of my favorite verses in Galatians um, is in Galatians 2.20 and it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And there's also scripture that talks about when we... When we are working to keep our lives, we're going to lose it. But when we lose our lives for him, we find it. And that is so true, one, because it's the word of God, but it's the truth I've experienced. And the fact that I no longer live, I live for him. I live for for him. And so my life is not my own anymore. I've surrendered it to him. My life is lived for him now. And so whether I live or die, as Paul says, um, to live is Christ and to die is gain, and there shouldn't be that fear inside of us as believers that we should want to deny him, you know, that we're so afraid of death. I would I would encourage you if you struggle with that, and that is a very real reality. I used to struggle immensely, and I maybe I should do a whole podcast on that, but I used to struggle so much from the time I was a kid with the idea of death and the thought of death and the fear of death. And so, yeah, if I would have been faced with that, I would have denied Christ, one, because I wasn't living for him anyway, so it, wasn't, it didn't matter to me, but I would have been so crippled and f- with the fear of death that there's no way I would have would have ever said, yeah, I, I live for Jesus or serve him, but, but that scripture that says, oh, death, where is your sting, and oh, hell, where is your victory, the song, that there is, victory is not found in hell or death, any, like, there is no sting, there is no victory, like Jesus defeated all of those things. And so now we don't have to face, uh, we don't have to fear facing death, that this life is temporal. And we are all, unless Jesus comes back before then, we are all going to face a physical death. But the reality is we don't have to fear death if we know him, because we have the gift of spending eternal life, eternity with him. And so I love Probably the most famous ever scripture, 
John 3.16. We are getting ready to celebrate this as Easter comes up, although this podcast won't air until after that. So John 3.16, and even though I have it memorized, I'm going to read it. It says, hmm, this is so good. I'm going to read a little bit before that. I'm going to start reading in verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so I encourage you, if you've not made that decision, to cry out to the Lord, to seek him. The word says that he is standing at the door, knocking, and that all we have to do is open that door. He will never force his way into our lives. He will never make us love him, make us live for him. But I'm telling you, it is the best decision you will ever make. And so I want to end with reading a portion out of this book. This is totally an unsolicited, unpaid plug for Lana Vosser. I just love and adore and respect her as a voice, a prophetic voice in our generation. Um, this book is called I Hear the Lord Say New Era. I encourage you to buy it. Um, it's on Amazon. It's on our website. It's been such a sharpening book for me, encouraging, inspiring. I feel like she has so taken a lot of what God has just been speaking to my own heart in the last few years and not just my heart, to the body, like the body as a whole, the church as a whole. And she just articulates it so well. And so I just love and respect her and, uh, Definitely have no qualms with giving her my personal endorsement. I love her. Follow her on social media if you don't. So I am going to read part of her book as I close this out. And I just I just love what this says. So she's talking about this title. Um, this portion of the chapter says, Fear of the Lord. This brings me right back to a key to humility. Living in the fear of the Lord. Living daily in the wonder and awe of who he is. That is what fosters a heart of humility. As I live deeply in the garden with him, close to his heart, so close that I can hear his heart beating in my ears, then I recognize when he when his heart skips a beat with excitement or when his heart is longing. I want to be so close that I recognize it all. I don't miss a beat. As I live in the place of constant awareness of our beautiful Jesus, seeing him in his majesty and what he paid at Calvary, I live my life laid down in awe of who he is. As I sit here writing this chapter and thinking about humility, I feel the invitation of his heart to come deeper and deeper still. I feel his love surround me so strongly, inviting me to know him deeper than I have, to lay everything aside, to just be his friend. That is the answer to humility. Living close to his heart and being his friend doesn't mean I am perfect or get everything right all the time. It just means that when something creeps into my heart, I'm living so close and sensitive to his spirit that I instantly know when something isn't right. As I move in the place of repentance, I am able to keep short accounts with the Lord. In the place of living close to him, if there are things in my heart I wasn't aware of, things recent or things from a long time ago, I recognize it when he touches them and exposes them, and I can respond and allow him to speak his truth and bring healing. So I love that. I love her heart just to be in that secret place with the Lord and that intimacy and that friendship with him that we are granted as his children. And so I just encourage you to press into him this week, press into him in this moment, press into him today. Don't wait and don't put off what he's called you to do. Um, trust in his timing, of course, 
like I said several times to trust in his timing. And if, you know, and he's showing you to do something that's not for now, obviously don't do that. But if he's calling you to do something, be bold. Like I would love to talk to you about that. I feel like one of my greatest gifts is tipping people out of their boats. <laughs> and I've told people before, like, do what God's called you to do. And I, if you don't do it, I'm going to tip this boat over, start drilling holes in your boat because there are people that need what you carry. And so it's just so important that we're obedient to him and that we do reach out to each other for encouragement. Sometimes we need that extra boost or, or that prayer or the, just, just that vote of confidence. And so I want to be that for you. If you feel like God is calling you to something, I would love to cheer you on, champion you in that and just hear from Lord's heart. Maybe you're listening and you have no idea what God's called you to do. You have no idea what gifts that you carry. And we know the word says that he gives his gifts without repentance. And so God has created and also that God has created us before we even existed in this earth. He has created us to do good works. And so he has things for all of us to be doing in this earth that he has planned and a purpose for us. And it is not just to veg out on Netflix and chill and just skate through life unfazed and not make an impact. We're all called to do great things. And so whatever that looks like for you, I pray that God would reveal that to your heart and that you would just respond accordingly. So I'm going to go ahead and close out in prayer. And yeah, thanks for listening. Father God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you that you did do exactly what your word said that you would do, that you came, that you laid down your life for us, God, so that we could have everlasting life. And I thank you that your word says that eternal life is knowing you, God, and I know that that can start now. So I pray for every person who is tuning into this podcast, who doesn't truly know you, who doesn't have that place of intimacy with you, God, that they would experience that, that they would encounter your spirit, God, today. God, I pray that there would not be any more delays. I just come against delays and resistance right now in the spirit, God, and I ask that you would do a mighty work in all of our lives. God, I thank you that you have equipped us for everything that you called us to, and we lack no good thing in you. God, I speak blessings over my listeners and pray that they would just be so close to your heart in this season of their life, that they would hear you clearly, that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. The Just Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. To find other great podcasts in the network, visit newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Just Janice Podcast.